Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs and executives who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. At Professionally Fit, we help you to identify the direct correlation between your health and your career. Welcome to the show. I'll be your host and Professionally Fit founder, Miss Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Miss Gifted with Jay. Hey guys. On today's episode, we're talking about planting, planting seeds, how what you do today significantly impacts what you'll do later, and how to ensure that you will manifest everything that you have in store for yourself. But first, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what is our segment where Jay and I identify something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, wait what? what? Okay, so my wait what is, it's actually pretty common, but it made me go wait what. I think it's something that a lot of people think, but they don't have enough nerve to say it out loud. And you know how people get comfortable with you and they say pretty much whatever goes, you know, in their head. So there's someone at my job and she, you know, people come to me for like fitness, um, fitness advice and things like that. And she's a mom. She's about 29 or 30. She was asking me for tips and things like that. And she's one of those very, she's the real definition of curves. Even though she needs to lose weight, uh-huh. um, she holds her weight well. She, okay. She's curvy. And so, but she still feels like she wants to lose weight. And she, she felt really confident when she was about 20 or 30 pounds lighter. Okay. And so I was, you know, telling her what things she needs to do. And so somebody, another friend, another coworker told me, I actually think when you're a mom, you shouldn't even get under the size 10. Wait, what? <laughs> under size 10. Yeah. She said when, you, when you're a mom, you shouldn't, basically, you shouldn't be skinny. You shouldn't be slim. You, should, you shouldn't lose enough. You should stay at a size 10 or above. Please tell me you dug deeper and asked what was the logic behind that. No, it was one of those things where I said it was ridiculous. I was like, I would never, I'm a mother of two, and I would never feel comfortable at a size 10. I was like, I'm a size between four and six when I'm at, you know, my healthiest and my fittest and when I'm at my conf- most confident. And I, I think I, for my body type, I would look ridiculous as a, as a size 10. I didn't need to dig deeper because I already know where it stems from. It's not, it's not. Uh, it's not new. It's not unoriginal. I mean, it's very unoriginal for our community to think that that's goals or if you go b- below a certain size that you, you're you now stick figure, you're skinny. Yeah, I knew that in our community, but I didn't, the guys I never associated with moms in particular. I think she was associated with just being, when you're a mom, you're, you're extra grown. And you have no business being, uh, you know what I'm saying? You have no business being, at that point, being under a size 10. Extra grown. Extra grown. I don't think it's because you're a mom and you're raising a family. I think it's like, you're a mom, you're grown. You're in adulthood. Yeah. Don't even try it. Don't, don't be a size four. Don't be, don't, don't do that. That's not Don't be an eight. No, no. We live in real lives. Yeah, you paying bills out here. We're (laughs) stressed. You like, yeah, hold them curves and 10, and 10 is where you, and what makes it more interesting is that this particular person, mom, has her own health journey. Her mom was really uh, overweight, and she's like us now. Read labels, um, exercise all the time, dropped a bunch of weight, showed me a picture, looks great. 
she gives her health tips and advice mm. and it's just killing it and for you to say that it's just it's, it was kind of weird like your mom her mom probably at this point is a size 10 though okay but she looks good and i'm pretty sure and she's still she's still going right 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 so yeah that was my weight well i was like what girl wow. no mom no, should not be under size 10 you know that makes me think of um tiff when she said after she had her baby um, she was talking about how her main goal was to get her abs yeah. back and get her stomach flat. Oh. And her friend told her, mm-hmm. "No, you know, you can't do it. You're a mom. Like, you People really, cannot get... And she, lo and behold... They drink the Kool-Aid. Like, they really drink the Kool-Aid. This is, this is what happens. This is how you should be. This is how you should look. No, you can't look like how you used to look in high school. Right, you've had a baby. And a lot of us use those excuses to you know keep ourselves complacent and never really fully reach our potential right it goes right hand in hand with oh you know i'm getting older oh yeah older i've had kids even though your kids are in college at this point or middle school and you've had all these years but i had a baby right what's another oh you know it's it's a million excuses and they're like they're staples and and it runs in my family it runs in my family yeah definitely right and so these are all excuses that we give ourselves or to others girl you're fine you have two kids oh yeah (laughs) being in an environment where people where i can hear conversations and not be part of them Mm -hmm. is the most it's interesting but i have to use so much what do you call that when you have to like control restraint restraint Not to dive in these conversations because I hear them because you know how close I sit to the kitchen and I hear all these conversations. Yeah, I'm trying to get healthy, but girl, you know, yeah, I know how that is. I, I want to be like, excuse me, wait, let me let me interject myself. How is it? You know, like, or you know, I've been trying to do this, but you know, I love girl. I know you love. You know how it is. No, no, how is it? I just realized how much filler conversation we have for people that is completely um, pointless and meaningless. Kind of like if somebody asks you how you're doing and you say fine. Like, you're probably not fine. You might be great. You might be sick. You might. So, I think conversations like that are the same way. Like, those conversations, those sidebar conversations, girl, I'm trying to lose weight. I hear you. I don't need to be eating this. Me either. Same thing. I'm I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. And those are things that we say. So, you think it's autopilot. You think it's it's kind of like, like, you know how I know? It's because every time somebody says something like that to me or something or... And then you make a real life world recommendation. And they're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I oh, wasn't yeah. ready for you to really tell me what to do. Or here, call me. I'll give you a free consultation. And we can start. I, I'm available Tuesday at 6. Whoa. But you saying how you want to lose weight. you saying how you want to make these changes. And, but then as soon as somebody hands you a way to do it or offers you some assistance it's like wait i was just kind of talking yeah i kind of was just running my mouth yeah just filler, like you said filler conversation it's just filler Definitely. conversation and i realized how often i just started noticing that about people like they do it so much like i've even come started doing it in, um intentionally because i put a lot of my energy into people that never ask for it unsolicited advice uh-huh, uh-huh. you know when all they want like you said is you know, filler conversations. You just want to nod and agree. They they just want to nod and agree. And here I am telling them to 
Oh, right. Oh, you thought, no, you don't have to accept that. All you need to do is whatever X, Y, and Z. And they're like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I wasn't serious. I I, I say these things, but I'm not about to get on my ground. I'm going to start soon or when I, or what I always told myself, I wanted to go back to school for this. Like, oh, well, I just heard about this program or my friend has a connection with such and such. And they like, whoa, pump the brakes. You want me to actually do what I said I always wanted to do? Yeah. So we basically, we, we do need to pump our brakes. Yeah. You're 100% right because you only going to frustrate yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, so one example of that, and then I'll let you go to your weight book. I um, I was talking to someone at work. <laughs> this is a second weight what, by the way. <laughs> by the way, uh, I realize that people don't like for you to say they're addicted to something. Just the FYI. <laughs> Just a you know, FYI, I found out people don't like for you to accuse them of being addicted. You know? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew addiction was, you know, an insult? Right. So somebody who's asking word. my advice, and I, I realize people ask for your advice just to make themselves feel good. It's like one of those things. It's like talking just to talk. But, you know, when you talk, you do something, you release some type of chemical that makes you feel like you're actually doing what you said you would do just by talking about it mm-hmm. so people have conversations with me just to feel good like oh, i'm doing something towards my health but that's the end of it that's the that's end of stops. that's where it stops but you know when you tell me something i'm not gonna just let it rest so i saw a woman and she um having done about her health she had uh uh what do you uh aneurysm years ago okay and she was saying you know i'm gonna take care of my health i realized i got a second chance I don't know what I've been doing. I need to lose weight. I need to stop drinking this pop or whatever. And she came out of the kitchen with like this orangey drink in her, with this orangey drink in her uh, water bottle. Okay. And I'm like, what's, what's that? Oh, it's water, but I just put a little slushy in it. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, what? <laughs> I put a little slushy in it. I put a little a slushy in my water. Yeah, so it can taste good so I can drink my water. I said, you need to pour that out. I said, you're addicted to pop. Because you know the slushy is made from pop. Oh, no, I didn't know. Yeah, all the, I watched them. I watched them when they come and fill the slushy. All the syrup and crap? They come with a cart. They come with a cart of Ohana and, and Fago pop. And all they do is mix the, the pop or, or the Ohana, depending on the flavor. If it's if it's cherry flavor, they put cherry pop in the with the ice. That's it. That's also that's all it is. Wow. Yeah. So she comes out with orange. It was orange pop, basically, and in, mm-hmm. in, in ice with water. I said, "You don't need no." I said, "You you you're addicted to pop." Mm-hmm. She was like, "Don't don't don't say that. Don't say I'm addicted." She was like, "Can you just say I like it a lot, <laughs> lot?" I said, "No, I can't. You're addicted to, <laughs> to pop." You're addicted. Okay. She was like, "Don't say that." She turns around to you know people around me. You hear what she said? They was like, "Oh yeah, she blunt like that." You just she was like, "What? Why would she say that?" They was like, "You just gotta learn how to ignore her." <laughs> I said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. You gotta right. learn how to ignore me." But the truth really is, you're addicted. Right, right. <laughs> when you wake up, yeah, I'll come back. I'll be ready. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> just know, just know it's the truth. But yeah, they don't. They don't learn to you know. When they want somebody to tell them the truth. They know where to come. They know where to come. Yeah, you for sure are addicted to your body. I said it's not, you want to change, but right now you're following your body. Your body is overpowering your mind. The flesh is weak. Flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Uh, Relative flexibility. We've talked about this so many times, but humans' tendency to take the path of least resistance, no matter what. 
if it's even slightly uncomfortable or slightly outside of your comfort zone, like just drinking water, it's going to force you to do something that you don't want to do, that's going to taste different than what you're used to, that's too uncomfortable, I'm not ready, so I'm just going to add a little slushy to it. Like, people seek the path of least resistance in everything they do every day, not knowing that it's aiding them and becoming weaker and weaker and weaker. Yeah, you think it's making you stronger, like, okay, I'm going to drink my water, at least I'm drinking my water and I'm adding slushy to it. Exactly. So, yeah... Part of me is like, that's true. And part of me is like, well, at least they're drinking their water. No, they're not, though. Dumping sugar in it? I don't but, care if it's a couple teaspoons. Yeah, but then you have to think about the fact that they weren't drinking water at all. They were drinking straight slushy, straight pop. Th- that's pop is made with water, too. Yeah, but not that amount. So that's like drinking a crystal light, putting a crystal light packet in the water. And we've discussed this where people want to drink water, but they just cannot deal with water and they'll put a crystal light pack. And at first we were like, you know, don't, don't do that. But then it's like, okay, put the crystal light pack in there. If that's the best you feel you can do, because at least it's 10 steps from where you were. But I was, yeah. But (laughs) we also talked about how people never go to the next level. But if the but if the first level is like better they, than they, the level level that they were at, yeah. But come on now, like how many, how often you gonna keep on reducing it? Okay, I'm drinking more water than slushy. Right. It's not like you're gonna go and say, okay. I mean, I'm do you do have a timeline? Do you have a plan? Like, okay, this week I'm giving myself that. No, let me just add a little sweetness to my water. People do that crystal light and stuff, and then they just own that forever. Like when but do what you it sounds off like the, to me, snatch off the band aid and get real, and because everybody's avoiding that little being uncomfortable. I get you, I get you, but but what I'm what I'm saying is, I would rather for someone to do better than they were doing and stay there versus it being all or nothing, and then more than likely it'll be nothing. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I agree. Do better than you were doing before, and then do better than you were doing before, and then do and better then, yeah, than you were doing, doing before. I got I it. I mean, people just really stay are right. Stagnant. Stagnation is the worst in everything you do. Um, my way. What this week I went to volunteer to speak to some kids. Um, shout out to Don Bosco Community Center in Detroit for having me. Uh, speak at this program called Developing Kids, which is an after-school and summer camp program for mm-hmm. teenagers. Okay. Right? That's a whole... Yeah, I didn't imagine them being that that older. I thought they were, like, no, younger. No, I'm talking about some of them just entered their first year in college. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, um, you know, that's not typically my crowd, not typically my demographic. And so I went to talk to these kids about health and wellness and we were having a nice conversation about food. And I asked them, okay, tell me some things that you guys eat that you believe is healthy. And one young lady yelled out, ramen noodles. Wait, what? That's not even the way what. So she yelled out ramen noodles. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. Ramen noodles are not healthy. And she said, ain't nobody ever died from ramen noodles. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a whole bunch of weight what's in between the whole story. Okay, okay. I said, how you know? She said, the autopsy. What? <laughs> you just you just what? running around checking everybody autopsy. Was it Raymond Noodles in there? That's all I hear. <laughs> no, I'm not part of the family. I don't know this man. 
I need to know what the cause of death, ramen noodles. Wow. Ma'am, give me five minutes. I need to. (laughs) Wait, what? She said the autopsy will show, declare whether ramen noodles was a part of. Man. I said, ma'am, you got a future in forensics waiting on you. Honey. Do you know how deep they would have to go to find the source was ramen? Like, let's let's ignore the heart attack. Let's ignore the high blood the high blood pressure. Let's ignore diabetes. Let's ignore everything that the ramen noodles cause. But let's make sure we check directly. 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 What's the last thing? Was she it ate? in the system? Was right, it right? <laughs> right. More importantly, what flavor was it? The chicken or the beef or the shrimp? Because I know flavor? shrimp. Shrimp is better than beef. Yeah, and I know they just went up on them. What they up to twenty seven <laughs> cent a pack now? Wait a minute. What? Ramen noodles? But I love how she got back with you. Like, you need to calm exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah, fam. I, I had st- to fall all the way back. I yeah. pulled my shoulders back. I said, I said, you know what? You got the floor. Please explain. <laughs> Please explain. So, first of all, you know, I was saddened. <laughs> first and foremost. You got to wait till I stop laughing to get part of the same she checked you like ain't nobody ever di- the autopsy oh I got answered you ain't about to stump me <laughs> the oh, I love it I love it I love the con- I like the confidence in that even though she was dead wrong but speak your mind speak your mind ignorance truly is bliss yes there was no shame no nah. like honey you oh, get the neck rolling on right. no nah. absolutely you might know your stuff you might you know you might have your own little company and your own little you know <laughs> a couple certifications right. you know but you don't know what you don't you know you ain't checking autopsies <laughs> right exactly oh god that's that's classic all right anyway yeah yeah. so i mean i was saddened by that and so that what that's what made me think about what we're talking about today because i had to explain to her how what you do what you eat could plant seeds for things down the line right i'm like i was like you don't know if anybody's ever died from ramen noodles (laughs) because you know they clogging up their arteries whatever with all of this junk And so I had to explain to her, like, literally what you eat today is how you perform next month. Right. You know? And she like, please. But they good, though. Well, how do you argue with, but they good, You don't. You don't. Okay. Because I wasn't sure. You start speaking to everybody else in the room, and hopefully. She latches on. Yeah, yeah. You can't address that type, that level of (laughs) ignorance directly anymore okay and i'm not saying that to be insulting i really there is just she just simply didn't know it was ignorant by the true definition of the word yeah right right i yeah so i yeah wait what the autopsy (laughs) honey that goes on the classic wait what simply for the simple fact that she stood her ground no i thought i had her (laughs) please the room erupted like oh she said Look, she know her stuff. Can't get this far by not doing a little research. You see, did the autopsy say right. ramen noodles? I ain't about to just show up at All no right. health and you wellness s- event not having my. Did you stand cents. corrected? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, bow- I bowed out of that argument. Fall back. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So yeah, planting the seeds definitely because a lot of times, as we 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 speak on this countless times, planting the seeds. Um, you know, staying ready. Yes. It has so many different terms, yes. but it all goes boils down to the same thing: is that you have to stay prepared for the unknown. Yes, and I think that we're conditioned to when we know what we're preparing for. That's when we start. It's almost like people treat their health like a, a trip. 
Once I know I'm going to Jamaica, that's when I'll pack my, my swimsuit and I'll pack for the weather. Right. But health is not one of those things. Right. You have to stay ready on all levels. You have to have everything in line for whatever. You can't know, oh, okay, I'm going to be diabetic in a year, so now I'm going to start. No, because you, you don't know. No one gives you an indicator all the time of what's to come. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because my favorite, or least favorite, should I say, is when clients tell me, well, I went to the doctor, and I don't have any, my test came back clean, I'm not on any medications, I have a clean bill of health. And so they use that quote-unquote clean bill of health because nothing is coming up on this test to give them a green light to continue to do what they're doing. I'm fine. Yeah. What I've been doing up until this point has been maintaining me. I must be on a good track. But what a lot of people don't know, just like cancer, breast cancer is in your body years before a mammogram detects it. Right. Right? So we're relying on this really sophisticated technology to tell us you ha- we have cancer, right? Not realizing that there still has, it has, the tumor has to be a certain size mm-hmm. for this machine to detect, to detect it. it. Right. You know what I mean? So you could be feeding this cancer forever, not knowing. And then when you're diagnosed with something, what do we do? Like you said, we run out. Oh, no, I've been told I'm pre-diabetic. Now it's time to get my stuff together. People come to professionally fit all the time. My doctor said that my my blood pressure is right on the cusp, right? Right. I'm pre-diabetic. I'm pre-high cholesterol. And so now they want to take action. So it's the same thing. Now the machine has been able to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And that's your, that's the yellow light flashing like caution. Yeah. It's a classic case of flying below the radar. You know, like when helicopters, y'all know I love analogies, but when helicopter or airplanes fly and in, in, in combat and they say you're flying below, it's so that they cannot see them. They're not detected on the radar. It right. does not mean that they're there. They're, they're, and they're not there. I mean, right. yeah, it doesn't mean that they're not there. And that's the same thing that a lot of diseases and a lot of ailments will do. They will fly below the radar. They are still there. They just have not been detected yet. That's and it right. is your job to always stay ready, always stay prepared, always stay ready for combat. And the way you stay ready is by always having what you need and do and acting as if someone has told. I always act and eat as if someone has told me or someone is going to tell me. That way, if something was to ever happen, I'm already in practice. That's right. So yeah, I'm in pre- preventative mode. I don't. I don't want it to ever happen. Right. That doesn't make anyone exempt though. That's right. So either you're preventing it, or if something was to happen. You're already in practice of staying in your body. You're already strong. Your body is already ready to overcome. A hundred percent. And I, my favorite is when clients come to us and say, like, one of the the way I met my yoga instructor, she walked into a gym I was working in a couple years ago, and she said, "I'm a survivor. I'm a breast cancer survivor. I have uh, another surgery coming up, my last surgery, and I need to start working out and exercising now so I can be ready." for recovery because I I know 100% that I recover much faster post-surgery when I'm healthy going in. Right. You know? And that doesn't necessarily mean just your body. When when you take care of your body, you're taking care of your mind, your energy, your spirit. You you think clearly. You think more positively. And that reduces stress. Like, everything is... Is, is aligned together. 100%. One thing does not work without the other. So when you take care of your body, 
physically, yes. you start thinking more positively. Yes. You start doing more positive things and seeing things in a more positive light. And that helps you recover from things yes. quicker. I love it. Yeah, let, ooh, let's stay on the mental health piece for a second. Because I remember the, the only reason I started fasting was because I read an article that was entitled 50 Things That You Should Be Doing In Your Life Right Now. Okay. And one of them was fasting. I was like, okay, all right. let me try this out and take it to the next le- level when I started fasting, and I love it, right? I never knew, I never was had a big plan for the reason I was fasting, right? right? Uh, I remember when I started meditating. Mm-hmm. It was a natural progression from, you know, the yoga and all the other mental health things that we were doing. So I just started meditating, never knowing... Never having a plan for it. I, I didn't start meditating because I was stressed out. Right. Right? And so now what has happened is, now that my workload ha- and my calendar has quadrupled, and I'm constantly busy, I'm constantly working, going to school, all these things, the stress comes. Naturally. The, the, the stress, that's automatic. You, you start pre-med, still trying to run a company, still trying to run a household, still trying to have some form of social life. Oh, you're going to be stressed, right? Mm-hmm. Now what has happened? When those stressors hit me and days start getting kind of off-skelter or unplanned, I'm able to navigate that thing like a pro. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. I was pre- prepping and didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I'm able to tap into my breathing exercises. If I have a day where stuff gets crazy and I can't eat, my body already knows how to perform and function mm-hmm. on an empty stomach because right. of my fasting. Like, I think about all types of stuff like that. Like, wow, I've already trained my body and my mind to tackle what this combat, like you say, because I trained for it, not knowing what I was trained for, and I prepped for it. So the mental health piece is super, is even more important than the physical piece, really. Yeah. You know, a thousand times more. It definitely more. is. So when we talk about implementing all of these personal development and self-enhancement practices, it's not because you're already stressed. Oh, I don't need that. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, no. It's because you don't know what's coming, what lies ahead. Yeah, I know someone who was really into fitness, actually, but not necessarily into eating right. They were really into uh, working out. They were really into uh, going to kickboxing and doing all these different things, working out. And what ends up happening, they end up injuring themselves Mm. on their job. And once they got... I'm not going to say bedridden, but they had to settle down. They could not work out, and they gained a bunch of weight. Okay. Had they been eating healthy, mm-hmm. had they already been on track with eating right, yes. it wouldn't have happened. So you don't know. Yeah, you could be working out. So that's what I mean by staying prepared on all levels. Yes. Like firing from all cylinders. You need to definitely pull it in for, from every from every different aspect. Yes. You know, you can't just eat healthy. You can't just work out. You can't just not take care of your mind. And it all sounds so complicated. But here's the thing. Once you start doing one thing, the rest will follow. You When you start eating healthy, especially when you start eating healthy, I think eating healthy above exercising mm-hmm. is what brings in the more, more positive aspects, like the meditation, the fasting. Because when you start doing research on holistic things mm-hmm. and healthy living, so many things pop up. Um, but when you do exercising, have you noticed... The things that pop up, and when I say pop up, I mean like, have you noticed like pop up ads and stuff like that? Oh, the things yeah. that pop up is kind of like protein, uh-huh. protein powders, right. or uh, you know, waist trainers, right. or. But when you start uh, 
really, really getting on it and researching how do I, how do I uh, reduce or, or increase my iron naturally, right? for instance. Right. All the holistic things start coming up and then it starts... And that's like planting the seed. And you're like, oh, here's this. I found different natural stores and yoga places and things like that. Just from the things that I've researched online, they start advertising to yes. me. So it basically start planting the seed. And then I'm like, okay, let me click on that. And then I learn something from that. And then when you click on the yoga, then meditation stuff comes up. So it's like when you when you eat healthy versus just exercising mm-hmm. or when you meditate, and you do all these things, it, it will come. Mm-hmm. It's like planting the seed for more positive things to filter into your life. Right. Just like, um, you know, big companies and everything, right? They track everything we yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. They track our spending habit habits, our preferences. Yeah. When you download grocery store apps for coupons, you know, they pay attention to the coupons you use and start yeah. sending you more of those right. like that. So it's the same thing. Like you are training your environment, whether it's the people around you, Ooh, whether whether it's the That's internet so search, yeah. you know, whether it's your family and friends, um, whether it's your children and your spouse, you're training them on what your preferences are, what your lifestyle are, what your spending habits are. And when I say spending, I'm talking about how you spend your time, you mm-hmm. know, how you not just how you spend your money. You know, so you, the more you look out for stuff like that, the more it will come to you and you begin to train the world on how to teach you and what to offer you. 100, 100%. I I love that because, you know, when we do, we do things, how you do anything is how you do everything. We learned that a long time ago, but for some reason it's like the brakes are pumped and it's stopped. And that analogy is kind of like, it doesn't apply when it comes to health and wellness for some reason. Right. You know, like for instance, kids, for example, we're like, especially, um, you know, the really hands-on parent, we're like, we're, we don't want our kids to, to be this way when they're adult. Okay, son, you're going to get out there and you're going to mow the lawn because I don't want you to be lazy. And daughter, you're going to do this and you're, you're going to study because I don't want you to be. So we think about planting the seeds for that. Right. We think about the future. Like, I don't care how you are now. Right. I'm, I want to make sure later that you're this way. Right. And even though I don't see you being that person, but I'm going to make sure that you're not that the person that I don't want you to be. So let me go ahead and keep planting these seeds and planting these seeds and watering and watering. So it's like that with your kids. Yes. But then it's like, when it comes to your health, like, yes. oh no, my doctor didn't say I had anything, so I don't have so to do I'm anything. Good, right. So like, why doesn't that transfer over to your health? It's like, it, it, how don't you see that you have to plant the seeds for everything? Mm-hmm. Just the way you plant them in your kids. Just because you're an adult, that doesn't mean striving and, and for something better does not apply to you too. Yes. Regardless of age, regardless of workload, regardless of pre-existing conditions, right? There's no excuse that you can make. It's no I've never heard a good excuse. You but I did realize something. I realized a trend in people who have a pre-existing condition Mm. it's almost like they think they get a pass like oh i'm already diabetic so so not you know so i can like you can get two things you know you can be diabetic and have high blood pressure and have cancer and like it's not like you just like okay you're diabetic go on you won't you won't do you get what i'm saying it's Mm -hmm. like they feel like 
well, I'm already diabetic, I mean, or I'm already have Crohn's disease. Like, you still need to fight like everybody else fight. Yes. You still are fighting for something. I understand you have a chronic illness. I understand it. And I understand that it's harder for you than another person. But understand, when you have been diagnosed with something, you still are in preventative mode. Yes. Don't think that that's just, oh, you got your one pass. Okay, go ahead and go. Yes. No, you can have two, three things. Yes. You can have four, five chronic illnesses. So you're still, while you're in either trying to reverse it or trying to control it, you're still in preventative mode. You mm-hmm. still have to exercise and, and eat right so that you don't get other ailments. No one is promised just one condition. There's people out here with so many conditions taking a pill for this and having a side effect from that. Yes. Taking a pill for this and having a side effect from that. 100%. Oh, my God, the medication. Wow, let's just park there for a hot second. My favorite, my one of my favorite. I got a lot of favorites. I, I realize. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's what I. You know, I hope who you are. This, yeah, it's yeah. Who you are. Um, but is that a prescription pad should be called permission slips, right? Because soon as somebody gets a medication for something, they feel like that's their permission to continue to practice those old unhealthy habits. I'll eat this and I'll just take my insulin. I'll do this and I'll just pop this pill to control my blood pressure, right? Yeah. Everybody, you know, believes that, well, most people believe that a pill is what helps to keep their condition under control. Okay, so we've talked about the habits and the mindset. What are some suggestions? Because we know, we know where, where it's going, when someone has been diagnosed, we know the prescription is out. We know. Oh, let me touch on that for a second. Let's park here for one second before we go into suggestions. I, I peeped how, and we always say it, doctors are in bed together. They are trying to get you these prescriptions and they're, they, they profit off of it in hospitals and all these things. They, you know, they, they're hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But I noticed how Carmano's just, just, just to call out one particular place. How they have, no, it's Carmano's, the best cancer, the best cancer place, the best specialist. You got breast cancer, you got bone cancer, you got brain cancer, you have leg, whatever it is. We we got the doctor for you. And they never, ever, ever, ever advertise prevention. Mm. Ever. Mm. Not, not one cancer commercial has ever told you, let Carmano tell you, come in, let us tell you how to prevent it. Ever. Ever. Never. And I and I remember being in Carmano and being, and being, angry mm-hmm. that it was remodeled i remember being so angry that it looked so i mean like i felt like i could if my food would have dropped on the floor i could have ate it mm. it was that gorgeous because they are they are making hand money hands over fit billion in that dollar place. industry yeah so they're not going to tell you about prevention so let's, let's talk about some suggest you know suggesting things because we know the problem so let's talk about the solution my favorite is <laughs> my favorite is <laughs> your fifth favorite. My, my fifth favorite of the day <laughs> um, is setting micro goals every single day. So if you're a true beginner, if you're an absolute true beginner, and you want to begin to get healthier, begin to eat right, begin to exercise more, set micro goals. So let's say you start with the water. Let's say let's take your slushy friend for example. <laughs> Let's say a small goal she set for herself that day is to drink 32 ounces of water. 
Okay. That's the only Fair goal enough. for the yeah. day. That's a small micro goal. That's maybe two, you know, bottles, two 16-ounce bottles of water. That's her goal. She doesn't think about Tuesday. She doesn't think about Wednesday. She doesn't think about uh, June or July. We're just going to focus on Monday. We're just going to focus on tomorrow, May 22nd, right? And she sets that goal for herself. And she nails it. That's one small seed planted. And then you continue to water those seeds with consistency. So as opposed to trying to set this big goal, by the end of the month, I want to have lost five pounds and I want to have, you know, be completely over my addiction to soda. You just focus on micro goals every day and reward yourself when you hit that goal. Not with a cupcake, right? But maybe you reward yourself by sharing it with someone. Or setting a goal the next day to do 34 ounces instead of 32. Okay. But you have to start with micro goals. I think part of the issue sometimes is that we shoot too big and then when we fail, we become so disappointed mm-hmm. and it just kind of you know takes the air out of our balloon. Mm-hmm. And we come, become so discouraged and because most of us and even our brain's default is the path of least resistance, we revert back to what's comfortable. And we revert back to what we were doing. And we also plant a new seed, mm-hmm. right? Because you're planting seeds either way. Yeah, you definitely So are. then you're planting the seed of what? Inconsistency, not mm-hmm. a finisher. You're planting all these other seeds of never finishing anything you start, of never being consistent. You're planting the seed of being unreliable. You can't even depend on yourself mm-hmm. to get something done, right? And so you start watering that by every day falling off the wagon. So you're going to water seeds either way. So what do you want to grow? The flowers or the weeds? Because you're planting seeds even when you don't perform, when you let yourself down. Yeah, it's the same thing as when someone disappoints you. You know, have you ever... I remember we were going to this Christmas party at work. And, you know, they were like, okay, we can start coming around 9 o'clock. It was a company party. And I remember someone sitting over waiting on her friend. And it was like 9-ish. We were trying to be fashionably late, of course. And we were like, okay, we're about to get out of here, a group of us. And we're like, are you still coming? She's like, yeah, I'm waiting on such and such. And she's been saying she's on her way for like the last... 45 minutes because this person was coming from home they didn't work that day and i was like well are you sure that they're still coming they're like yeah she's she always does this okay so they this person had conditioned them to to know that they're inconsistent and they're i mean not inconsistent but they're always late yes and and they had gotten used to comfortable with that like i know they're coming but she's always super late yes and um so we left or whatever and they didn't get to the party until maybe like an hour later and the same thing happens with yourself, which is even worse. You know what to expect from yourself. I know I said I'm going to start this this healthy living. But chances are, if you failed over and over again, in the back of your mind and in your subconscious, it's like, but I know I'll fail again. Even though you're not telling yourself that. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so, so, so important to to do what you say you will do. To create that culture within yourself that you do what you say you'll do. Because all you're going, what's all that's going to end up happening is you're not going to believe yourself once again. Yes. And it's going, and you won't be as disappointed when you fail. It's sad to say, but you won't be that disappointed. Yeah, that's a good point. The disappointment reduces every time. Yeah. It, it, it definitely does. Um... Instead of being like, oh my God, I, you know, I wanted to do it. 
and I didn't do it, it'll be like, yep, knew it. Kind of like, you know, back to our regularly scheduled program. So you have to really, really try really hard to do it. And and I like, I love that micro thing that makes it, yeah, yeah, that makes you proud of yourself that day. It, it, It changes the culture within yourself. I'm a finisher. I execute. And then the next day you have another goal and then you're changing gradually. Just like we talked about. Uh, how we went to that uh, when we went on that Sunday and he was calling everyone geniuses, and yes. and, and he was um, and then the people you know start to believe that and then they start asking questions and you know he was kind of like building them up. Right. So we went to a health and wellness workshop at Whole Foods one week, and the facilitator and if anybody is into any type of holistic health and wellness and has ever went to one of um asas he's a, he works at whole foods dreadlocks works in the um body section in, in whole foods in downtown detroit he knows everyone so if you're in metro detroit and you he, he he facilitates these health and wellness workshops the first and third sunday of the month and we went to one and every time he would refer to somebody in the audience he would call them a genius mm-hmm. you know this genius he asked a question how much water should you be drinking today genius Right. And he would always refer to us as geniuses and just planting that seed of you got this, you know, this, you're a winner, you have Mm -hmm. this knowledge within you, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like other people plant seeds in you, just like you were talking about with your kids. Mm -hmm. Other people plant seeds in you, too. Um, I remember, uh, of course, I planted the seed around the world about how on time I am. Right. I showed up to my personal training session two minutes late. This is with my trainer. We're scheduled to train at 12 p.m. And I showed up at 12.02. That's still on time for most people, mm-hmm. right? I I walk up to the door and he has, he's opens the door and it's hanging on the door like, Lisa's late and 12.02 <laughs> was late for me, apparently. He's like, what? And 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 what's so crazy is, even though I know in general with the general population, 1202 was still on time. Because if a client showed up to me that I was going to train at 1202, I would still consider them on time. I yeah. wouldn't be like she was late. But what's crazy is I've created such a culture, like you said, within myself of early is on time. And, I, and apparently I had done that with him and everybody else. I had to go to the ATM before I came to him. I was sprinting across the parking lot because it was 1159 trying to get there at exactly 12 (laughs) and he i guess was thinking the same thing so he opened the door like what lisa's late i'm like sorry i had to go to the atm but i looked at my clock and it was 1202 and i was just cracking up like what have you done to yourself you've put these boundaries so tough on yourself but i've taught people that no i'm on time and if somebody doesn't receive something from me on time whether if whether it's they're not receiving me physically or documents I was supposed to send them or anything like that, then they're like, what's going on? It's not that, it's not that, you know, she just didn't right. do it or something. Something's wrong. Right, right. You know? Yeah, you, like I said, created those expectations. Yes. Created that culture within yourself. And then, like you said, you give people permission. Was that was that what you said? The permission around you? Mm-hmm. Or you teach them how to treat you. Or you teach them, yeah, what to expect from you and things like that. And so, you know, going back to planting seeds, we we spoke about 
consequences being in your direct line of vision. And I use the example of, imagine like a firefighter, for instance. Imagine a firefighter and the house is on fire and, and the family is in there and everybody's waiting for this firefighter to like get the family out. And he just come, gets out the fire truck and just like stretches and yawns. Like, oh, long night. Sorry, y'all. I'm going to be in there. Everybody would be screaming. Like, if you don't get in there and get that fat, they would lose. We would lose our minds because you see what's about to happen. Like, you right. see, you, you see, see the house burning. You see the house burning. You see the family. You see what can happen. And we are so motivated by that. Like, if people treated their health the way, if you saw the problem, treat your health like a burning house. Like a burning house. Like something's in there that you' about to lose. Like you have to really see the consequences before they happen. That's how health works. You have to see the consequence. You can't just be walking around. Some I'm gonna wait for my doctor to diagnose me. No, you that, treat it like it's a house on fire. Treat I like literally, I and and I was thinking about that. Like, why do I act like I've been diagnosed with something? Like, I be walking around. I can't do that. Uh uh-uh, uh. I ain't right. trying to be sick. Like, girl, right. can you calm it down sometimes? Right. But I just don't like that whole thing where people are so motivated by the consequences being in their direct line of vision, and that's when we want to move. That's when we want to react. That's when we want to, you know, yell. You better get to getting. Like, no, you need to start. Now it's flying directly before, I mean, below the radar. Mm-hmm. 100%. Possibly. I'm yeah. not saying that anything is going to happen, but I'm just saying that it could be. That it could be. And this goes back, I mean, we talked many episodes ago, though, about core values. And here's the thing. You don't have to even know what could potentially happen. Because mm-hmm. how about... Maybe it ain't your health that's going to deteriorate. Okay. Maybe it's somebody else that's close mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And you need to know how to perform or mm-hmm. what to say. Or you need to be physically fit to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Right? So you don't even know whose house is going to be burning. I've, okay. Oh, <laughs> you brought that analogy in. All right. Yeah, she was looking at me like I was extra when I was saying the house was burning. But you you, you felt me. I, brought I, I, I jumped on the fire truck. Okay. <laughs> keep the party going keep the party going but definitely you know i've been in that situation and and i and i hate when i you know with our parents aging and with them getting older and them losing some of their you know their strength and a lot of people think when they're younger i'm gonna take care of my parent i'm gonna take care of my parent how are you going to take care of your parent when you're not even taking care of yourself you won't be in the position because as your parents age you do too you're not going to stay the same age. So you hear you are 55, 60 years old and your parents may, this is how a lot of people in, when I worked at a nurse, this is how a lot of people ended up in a nursing home because their children weren't, they weren't fit enough. They weren't healthy enough to, you know, lift them out the bed. Yep. They weren't healthy enough to, to do the things that they needed them to do because a lot of their children were either sick themselves mm. or their back, you know, was hurting or their knees. They weren't healthy. Yes. So when you get 80 years old and your child is, let's say, 60 or 55 years old. Yes. They have to be healthy to take care of you. A hundred percent. They have to be healthy. So if you are a child who who envisions, well, my parents, they're not going into a nursing home. Because I hear a lot of people say, my mother's not, my father's not going to a nursing home. They will be in a nursing home. Like a lot of people, if they're diabetic, they will lose a leg, right? Yes. And so when they lose a limb, 
they need you to then bear that weight yes. to, to maybe lift them out their wheelchair or help them into the shower or help help them do a lot of things that you probably never envisioned yourself doing for them. 100%. And it relies on your strength and it relies on you to be in your best physical state that you can be mentally and mentally. Physically. Yeah. A hundred percent. My best, um, example about being ready and never really knowing what you have to be ready for too is um when I told you earlier in the year about getting into Wayne State Mm -hmm. and I almost didn't start school because Mm -hmm. you know I had apparently enrolled as the wrong type of student and they had to rescind my um, acceptance letter Mm -hmm. and told me that I was going to have to apply to the university all over again and that I wouldn't be able to start school this past winter. Okay. And I remember I went to the um, admissions advisor. Yeah. And I sat across from him, looked him dead in his eye, and verbally read him my resume of my history of being a finisher. Mm-hmm. I remember that. All these years of finishing things that I start, graduating from schools that I go to, finishing programs, internships, starting companies... I didn't know I was going to have to use that one day to get into pre-med. Right. And I had to tell, oh, no. Oh, you worried about not, you know, hitting that button and just letting me in because you think I may not be a good student or I may not finish this program or I may fail? Let me let me right. show you my history of doing just the opposite. Right. And so you have to prepare yourself because you never, I never, I was so proud. I was so proud leaving out of there because I usually don't even think about my accomplishments. But when it was time to use them, they served me so perfectly. Right, yeah. So you have to plant, so your integrity, those core values. Integrity has been one of my core values for as long as I can remember and being a finisher. And because I implemented that and I've made it second nature, it's not even Mm -hmm. something I have to think about. Like I know if I start, I'm going to finish. Yeah. And then when the time came, Yep. You know, I had to use it in that moment. Right. I remember when we went to Niagara Falls. Do you remember uh, what I was telling them? I took my family for Christmas to, to Ni- Niagara Falls. My kids and my husband and I, we went to Niagara Falls. And we were on the top floor, the 28th, well, one of the top floors, the 28th floor. And the fire in the middle of the night, the fire alarm went. Now, keep in mind, my daughter was deathly afraid of this. So she did not want to be on the floor. She was like, it's too high. I don't like it. What if something happens where it's too high up? And I'm like, look at the view. Like, it's beautiful. What are you talking about? And so in the middle of the night, the fire alarm went off. And, of course, my daughter freaked out. She was so... And it, and it just really, like... It kind of broke my heart to see her so scared. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like, you know, we're okay. But she was so scared. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, when the fire alarm goes off, what do they say? Do not take get the on elevator. the elevator. Right. Do not take the elevator. And so, after about two minutes of the fire alarm going off and them not telling us what's going on, I was like, put on your coat. We're about to go downstairs. And my husband was saying, they just told us not to take the elevator. And I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I definitely know. Uh-huh. We're about to take the steps. Yeah. And I didn't think twice about what it. What floor were you guys on? Do you 28. Oh, I remember. Yes, we were on the 28th floor. And we were about to hit those steps like right then and there. I didn't think twice about it. I wasn't worried about it. No. My kids are in good shape. I'm in good shape. Yep. My husband would have struggled, but that's the price you pay for not being staying ready. That's it. 
That's, that's the price you pay for not staying ready. But me and my kids would have been good. Why? Because we stay ready. Yes. My son runs around, runs outside, does skating. My daughter's, you know, really active. She even can do pull-ups better than most of the kids in her class. She uh, runs when they they have to do like a fit test in class. She's always on the top. You know, me, I'm in shape. So we were going to kill those steps, like no doubt no about problem. it. Now, they did uh, right when we were putting up because my son was knocked out sleep. And I was, oh, let me tell you how even more bossy I was. I didn't have time for him to be groggy. I, why was I going to put him on my back for the first few flights of steps? Do you remember that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, you going to have to hold on because now I'm scared. And I ain't got time for you to be figuring out where you are. I probably forgot we was even in Niagara. Nope. I'm going to put you on my back for, you know, maybe about five, six flights till you till you come to. And, and then, but they call like, you know, it, somebody wrong the alarm and somebody playing too much or something like that and we didn't have to do it but i was ready yeah i definitely was never a doubt in your mind N- never the life you saved me i was just hoping own. it wasn't too many people on the steps like excuse us right don't be huffing going and slow down. yeah okay. get to the right or the left the biggest problem was the people that's gonna be in your way yeah for sure <laughs> i love it before we bridge the gap i i since we talked about relationships real quick i remember uh just recently I was thinking about the seed I planted that stabbed me in a doggone back. Oh, man. I know. Early, you know, me and Troy have been together forever. And when we first got together, I was working a nine to five, you know, and all I was doing was working and coming home, which just sounds so foreign to me now. Like, really? Just work eight hours and come home? But I was working a nine to five and I was, you know, you guys always tease me about being super domestic. And so I was the cooker. I was the cleaner. I, you know. Oh, yeah. Shut up. And I didn't (laughs) mind it. That's what I did. Like, I like the house clean. I like, you know, to cook. It was no big deal. And so for years, you know, I did the bulk of that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, fast forward to 2016, 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm doing, like I said earlier, my time, my everything. My calendar has quadrupled, and I'm super busy now. Mm-hmm. And so I come home some days, and he works midnight. So if he's home during the day, it'll be a pile of dishes in the sink or something. Or a load Uh-oh. of clothes Uh-oh. need to be washed. Mm-hmm. And all I can do is kick myself for planting this seed of, I, I got, got this. I yep. do this. You know, and so now I'm asking, hey... You think at any given moment you can join in here, you know, and he get and, and what's crazy is it's not out of disregard or lazy. He instantly hops up like, oh, yeah, what you need? It's just like he's so used yeah. to me being that person. He has to unlearn the relationship y'all had before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so if you can, if you have the ability to forecast, be careful of the seeds you plant sometimes that may not even be considered negative. Like, oh, yeah, I pay like all the you, bills. I do all this. When you're in a new relationship, you know how they say you meet the, the person's representative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you better be careful with that representative because will you be willing to do what you do now 10 years from now, 15 years from now? 100%. If yeah. you don't really like sports, if your hair ain't always done, I'm not saying <laughs> intentionally be, you know, raggedy but be careful be very careful a couple years down the line you ain't gonna want to watch that and you're gonna want to have your hair wrapped up and you have to be sure for you sure. planted both seeds yeah for sure <laughs> in that relationship definitely all right let's bridge the gap for them really quickly jay. all right um bridging the gap is our segment where jay and i um put the direct correlation between today's topic and your business as an entrepreneur or your job as a nine to fiver 
How important is it to plant seeds in your career and or in your company? I think it's really important. You, I don't know what you were saying earlier, and it sparked something, made me think about something. Do you remember that day we went to the Lion King, and I said, um, I got my makeup done by my friends at work. Uh, so plant the seeds. I'm going to speak on in terms of relationship with your peers and with the people that are around you. So we... It was like a girl's day, a girl's night out. Uh, Lisa and I, my sisters, everybody went out to see the Lion King musical. We went out for drinks first. They had dinner first. And then we went out to the, see the Lion King musical. And this was a day, you know, a planning, it just manifesting because, you know, I, I talked to Lisa about being, a, I'm a resolve. I resolve things. That's who I am. Like, I'm not the person you can come to and whine on my shoulder. Like, my empathy level is really, really low. <laughs> But I, I will, my thing is, my, my love language is helping you resolve your issues. If you're hungry, I'll offer you my food to share, or I'll offer you some money to get something to eat. But you can't come whine to me and say you're hungry, and that's just going to be, you know, okay, how are we going to fix this? Mm. Or if you say you're sick, all right, this is how you fix this. All right, I got this for you. This is how you do this. But you can't just, like, so I'm that person. Mm -hmm. So when the day of the Lion King and I was just telling them, like, you know, I don't know how to do makeup. Like, I, I, all I know how to do is put on a little eyeliner and lipstick. And then, um, so the girls came and they brought all their makeup and they did my makeup. Like, they resolved my issue for me. Like, I planted the seed of, you know, you... You're the fixer. The fixer, right. Yeah. Let's fix this. And, and they instantly, like, jumped into the act and jumped into action. And then, um... Uber. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the Uber app. I never used Uber. I didn't know how to use Uber. I had never even thought about using Uber. But since it was downtown, I was like, okay, the restaurant is down the street. I'm not driving. I was trying to figure this whole thing out. And then somebody else jumped in like, hey, I got the Uber app. I'll pay for it. Like they did my makeup. They sent me an Uber. They paid for the Uber. Like everything was handled. And you just never know mm -hmm. the type of person that you are and I'm not saying that if I wasn't that type of person it would not have happened but I definitely think you make people more comfortable and you create that energy and you create that culture and you create that environment mm -hmm. because a lot of people including myself some, sometimes are gun shy about doing too much for somebody else because they don't want to be used or they feel like sometimes oh you wouldn't do that for me um I even had a conversation with someone we were walking to the I walked to the Chinese restaurant with mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm. and I know my friend Alex loves these Q-tips. I'm not Q-tips. Uh, what do you call those? Toothpicks. Mm -hmm. And so every time I go into the Chinese restaurant, I get her the toothpicks. So I was walking with the friends of mine, and what, as we were leaving, I grabbed some of the toothpicks. I was like, "Oh, let me get these for Alex." And we had the conversation of how do you do something for someone knowing that that person wouldn't do that for you because I know for sure if Alex was in that Chinese restaurant, she probably wouldn't be thinking about me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, one of the things of planting seeds when it comes to relationship is you can't worry about that. Mm -hmm. You cannot worry about what a person would do. They will show you, they will, they will show the best of who they are for you. Yes. This is who I am. This is how I am. Mm -hmm. I get this for her not thinking about, oh, will you, okay, you better not like, no, I get it. And then it will manifest in another area. And I think that's part of planting seeds as well is that you have to be your, you have to be true to yourself. It's harder for me to see that she likes that 
and not get it because I don't think you would do that for me. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like in your work environment, just be true to yourself. If you are the type of person that likes to help everyone or you like to give good advice or you like to like whatever it is, as long as it's positive, you know, plant those seeds. Plant those seeds and they build good relationships and you never know when it will come back to benefit you. Don't do it for it to benefit you directly per se, but be yourself and it and it will benefit you. Right. A hundred percent. I um remember when I used to work for the state of Michigan with Tiff in a nine to five. Every day Tiff would always dress up. Mm-hmm. Even when she was just a, a foster care worker like I was. Mm-hmm. Every day Tiff would wear business clothes the blouses the skirts uh, stockings if necessary small conservative pump and I hate slacks I hate business clothes I always feel really uncomfortable in them I never really can relax I never Mm -hmm. and so I used to but I know I was always taught dress for success dress for Mm -hmm. success dress for the position you You want and not the position you're in and you know, lo and behold, I've since quit and started a whole company where I wear leggings all day. And now Tiff is a supervisor and has her own team. And it just made me really think with regard to business, mm-hmm. you know, um, those seeds you plant and those makes a huge difference because mm-hmm. the higher ups management was watching her. Mm-hmm. Right. And she looks like you know, a manager. She looks like somebody that should be advising in an entire team mm-hmm. and going to meetings up at headquarters in Lansing. And, you know, and I look like somebody not to be over here training push-ups <laughs> because my sl- I used to try and get away with leggings that, that look like slacks, you know, wearing the looser <laughs> black ones, you know. I'll get the most casual-looking shoes that could pass for an office shoe, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be way barely, you know, crossing the line with regard to being business casual and that just wasn't a good fit for me and you know it is amazing how we you know show up in our workspaces and teach people who we are and what we do and it is so important in entrepreneurship especially with clients and potential clients that in in the job during your coachings on social media on your website, in all of your copy, everything that you have to write, that you are showing up in the way that you plan to be perceived and and, and to attract the clients that you say you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you say you want professionals. You say you're catering to the older professional woman, for example. You have to show up and speak their language. You have to plant their seeds that you are their peer, that you know what they need, and you have identified the problem that you're going to solve for them. Like, in your business, you have to always show up that way. Clients know with me that I'm always going to be on time. They know that anything they ask me for, it's going to be taken care of in a time frame that I say, Lisa, can you build me a workout for this? Absolutely, you'll have it within 24 hours. Lisa, can you give me a reference 
for this type of bread or to do this for my nutrition or talk about supplements like every they know I'm going to deliver and that is consistent across the board it's not based on what I have to do in my personal life it's not based on whether right. or not I got to record the podcast today it's not based on the fact that it's Sunday and I don't work on the weekends no I've implanted integrity into this company and people know what to expect from professionally fit they know they're going to be mm-hmm. educated they know I'm going to deliver they know they're going to get that support and you know and it's the same way they pay on time they show up for our sessions those things are reciprocated Mm -hmm. and so in your business make sure that your messaging is consistent and you're letting people know what they can get and you're not just trying to sell a product on the front end but you're not performing on the back end you know what's interesting about that is that I handle some things for professionally fit and it's so business when we talk. It's like we haven't even been friends for 15 years. Like whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so interesting how much we can laugh, joke, play, go out to eat, go for drinks. But when it comes to that aspect of the business, it gets totally like, yeah. you know, I'm just someone you hired from off, you know, the Internet or someone right. <laughs> that you just really did not know. And that speaks a lot for, like you said, the integrity. Like it doesn't cross the line because you're Jay and, you know, and, right. and my home girl it, it's, it's business. You uh, pay on time. You don't yeah. try to say, hey, girl. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Never. Never. You know, and I think that and that's that that does speak a lot for planting the seeds yeah. and and being who you say you are and showing up like the, the things that I do for your company I take seriously because yeah. of you take it seriously yeah. and you don't slack so that's definite that's definitely true yeah i was thinking about that recently when um i mean i barely got the blog post in on time <laughs> this past friday and i was thinking about that one week you asked me like hey when is the blog post going to be up and i was like oh it'll be up by 6 p.m. or whatever but i was thinking this past week and I was trying to do like eight things at once. And I'm like, I got to get this blog post out. So I got, I did it at like midnight Thursday. Cause I knew my Friday was crazy. So I stayed up to like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, no, I got to have this for her tomorrow. Because <laughs> she asked me that one time. And that one time she asked me weeks ago, it made me really uncomfortable. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm serious. Cause you so, so it all goes, right. it goes, you know, it all goes around the same thing. You got to yeah. plant the seed and plant people's expectations. And And that goes with employees and clients both ways, whether you're leading a team or you're coaching and you have clients or customers, you teach them what to expect. You plant the seeds and that is what your company is built on. You uh, decide on those core values and don't let somebody else decide for you. You know how you could be with a company. They'd be like, oh no, they, they always have coupons or they're always late or just call them girl. They give you a refund. That is the other, that's the community dictating your core values. Mm -hmm. How about you decide what your core values are in your company and you lead from that. Because you can lose control really quick because we always, we put cultures on people and things and companies and brands. True. And we'd be like, oh, no. I'll even try it on some companies. You know, like, girl, you know you can do that. Right. You, you Come on now. Right. Don't, don't even try it. Right. So, right. yeah, definitely. It's like, no, this is our rules. This is our regulation. There ain't no sister girl up in here. Right. It's no... These are the rules, and these are the rules we stick by. Right. This is what we do. Like, just call her. You can schedule. You can cancel at the last minute. I wish somebody would cancel on me at the last minute. <laughs> Did you just put your fist up? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What just happened? <laughs> but really, like, people apologize profusely to me. Like, Lisa, I promise you, I'm sorry. I can't make it. That's how rare it is. Yeah, you know, and when I was training my clients, I made 
being timely uh, a thing. And I remember I left 10 minutes after the session was had started because I had not received a text saying I would be late. I had not received a call. And even though I was literally, I saw this person walking into the, I saw them with my own eyes. <laughs> I saw them walking into the gym and they text me. And I know I text them first, like, hey, call me if you need to reschedule. I left. You uh, and they were like, "I'm here now." I was like, "Oh, I'm gone." Yeah, because yeah. I gotta, I gotta let you know that's not time. It's unacceptable. It's non-negotiable. Yeah. So yeah, that was so funny because I'm all like ducking in my car, like I hope they didn't do not see me over here, just steal here. But no, even because if you they have do, to respect. I yeah, you have to respect and you gotta uphold that. Matter of fact, I had a client this morning. She was 15 minutes late, and she she texted me, "I'm gonna be 15 minutes late. I hope that's okay." And I'm like, oh, your your session is only going to be 20 minutes. That's yeah. what it is. And, and, you know, that's hard to do sometimes, too, for people. Like, you have to penalize. Right. Because it, you have to teach a lesson and let them know, like, you're not going to continue to get yeah. everything that, that you expect. That was another thing. And that's written in our contract. Mm-hmm. My contract specifically says if you are late for a session, that session will be reduced by the amount, of, you know, Flat out. So you have to end your company and your business the same with employees, with staff, with um, contractors, people that you have working for you and doing projects for you. You pay them on time. You deliver content that they're waiting for on time. And that lets them know, oh, this person is serious. This is how I should treat them. You know, you show up for meetings and phone calls for virtual meetings. You are there and you are prepared and you deliver. And that's how you, you know, seal the longevity of your business and your brand. Definitely. One last thing I want to add is that you also have to be careful with the seeds you plant once again, because I don't like the, I don't like the thing I have going on where people think I'm so, so, so brutally honest. I don't, I don't want to be that person or I have people nervous to go buy me with the wrong food. I have people nervous to do certain things around me or wear certain things around me because my tongue is so sharp. And I don't want, I don't want that reputation. You know, like, as soon as, you know, someone comes in wearing a tight dress, how I look, is my stomach too big? I know you'll be honest. Like, oh, uh, yeah, it does look kind of big. And I it's like, uh, dang it. No. Why'd you trick me? Right. <laughs> and I said that. I was like, y'all, I realize I be feeling bad about the things that I say, but y'all actually reel me into these things. No, you are actually delusional. <laughs> yeah, no. It is they, not their fault. They reel you me in. You train them. They reel no, me they in. No, they don't. Like, stop doing that. Sometimes I just want to have just like, no, Shut stop up. it. No, 100%. <laughs> you just going to bring, no, don't blame that on them. Oh, what should I, oh, somebody went, so she has Subway. <laughs> and I don't, I lost track of time for some reason. And it felt like she just ate it. And so she was like, oh, I'm about to go get something to eat. I'm like, didn't you just eat? <laughs> she was like, I ain't going now. She was like, I ain't going. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I went to her, I'm, I'm so sorry. I was like, when did you have a subway? I'm sorry. You hungry again? She's like, I'm going to be here at 8 o'clock tonight. It was like 6. She was like, I didn't just have it. I had it at like 1.30. I'm like, oh, come on now. I'm like, come on, don't be like that. <laughs> I got to watch myself because my, and I told her, I said, I'm sorry. When my sisters and everything, we're so sharp, like we're so, and sometimes I forget to be gentle sometimes. Right. You know, I was like, I don't mean no harm. (laughs) Well, you remember my favorite thing about life from last week. 
second chances. You're you're the opportunity to reinvent yourself for every given yeah, moment. Yeah, you know, I definitely want to do that. Yeah, just keep trying. If you don't like an aspect about yourself or your personality, just continue to try again the next time somebody asks you. You always have the opportunity to uh, to redo it and get a second chance, and that's just what it is. That's just what it is. The best thing about the commencement speech, uh, she was really good yesterday. Was she said, um, you know, people think failing when they think of failing, they think of they tried something and they failed. And she said, no, failing is knowing what to do and not moving. Like, that's failing. Like, mm-hmm. you you can try something and not accomplish it. Yes. But when you fail to try to accomplish it, uh-huh. that's that's when you fail. That's like, being failing. stagnant mm-hmm. is failing all day. I don't care what anyone says. If you... Want to, and I'm not saying that people who are comfortable in their lives and they're happy, but if there's something you want to try and there's something you want to do and there's something you're afraid of and you're just not moving, you have already failed. Yes, a thousand percent. I wrote a blog post about that some months back, and that was my favorite thing. Like, no, trying is not and not succeeding is not failing, it's just not taking action at exactly. all. Exactly, will take you out the game. Guys, at Professionally Fit, so many new things are happening. We are growing sufficiently. And I am so proud at, you know, the accomplishments that we've been able to make up until this point. So many clients are seeing results. Shout out to Terry Lynn, who's down 11 pounds. Shout out to you, lady. You know, shout out to Tracy, who's down well over 100 pounds. Uh, yes shout out to karen who's down another five pounds so many people are seeing results and in turn their confidence is boosting their belief in what's possible is growing and so i am so proud of all of you guys at professionally fit if you are interested in losing weight, if you're interested in gaining weight if you're interested in getting healthy getting off of medications learning how to eat for a life that you can live, please, please, please reach out to us at professionallyfit.co. Just click on Get Professionally Fit. We're changing the way we're doing nutritional coaching at Professionally Fit, and we are implementing a curriculum-based program paired with live coaching calls every week. So this is masterful because what I've learned, nothing else, the main thing that keeps you on track is being educated, not just being told what to do. So we are implementing a curriculum-based nutritional coaching program at Professionally Fit to help you seal the deal on your health and wellness. So again, professionallyfit.co, if you are interested in taking that leap and taking it to the next level with your health, your entrepreneurship, and your career. As always, you can find this and past episodes at professionallyfit.co or on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts just by searching for Professionally Fit. Finally, if you are in the Metro Detroit area and you're interested in starting to move and exercise a little more in a really unconventional way and have some fun with it, please hop over to Detroit Fit Mob and sign up on our email list. We're mobbing out next uh, month on Saturday, June 17th. We'll be mobbing downtown Detroit. Detroit Fit Mob is Detroit's first fitness flash mob. And so we'll be taking over downtown Detroit next month on Saturday, June 17th. Detroit Fit Mob. (laughs) It's always a good time. So be sure to join us there. Until next week, be well. Peace.